Hallå så välkommen till Lisa plus Vina Alexant, en podcast om naturlig vin och människan bak. Är till Lisa Anes. And welcome to the podcast. Again, it is an episode in English. This is supposed to be a Norwegian podcast about natural wine, but it seems that we are visited uh, by so many winemakers that it will just have to be in English for now. We have an amazing producer on the pod today. The wines of Stekar are really well known in Norway, and he's known for his uncompromising, bold and traditional Slovenian style of orange wines. Stekar make wines like no other, and Tamara and Janko Stekar live and work between the pre-Julian Alps and the Adriatic Sea in Gorska Breda in Slovenia. About their winemaking practices, they themselves say that we like to explore their rich local winemaking traditions made of long macerations and spontaneous fermentations with indigenous yeast, and at the same time seek new challenges. Cut, cut. <laughs> Time out. Time out, exactly. So no worries. Okay. Now we will we'll just need a bit of help and not to talk one over another. Yeah. And this kind of things, maybe. <laughs> you seem to complement each other quite well. No, we are many times yeah. now together, you know, so. <laughs> it's perfectly okay when each of us does the, the presentation on its own. But uh, when we do it together, we have like some different ideas. Or oh, oh I th- <laughs> we could say this, or <laughs> and then sometimes it's like, I'm blowing the way, you know, with the okay. With so the we can start with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Too. How long have you been married, though? No, we are we not are married. Not married. Oh, how long have you been together? Uh, I came to well, we we know each other for quite some time, but then. Uh, I uh, moved to his place, uh, so we started to live together in uh, 97. Yeah. yeah. And you so have children? Three. We have three kids. Oh, well, wow. kids, we call three. them kids, but it's uh, it's uh, 18 years, it's 21 20. and 23. Tamara, it's two months to 24 and two months to... 22. Mm. Okay, but they but can they're, still they're enjoy. close together, though, which uh, yeah. for me, who has just had my first child, one is enough, and then two, okay, maybe but three? I think we can start talking yeah. about wine as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why okay. don't you introduce yourselves? So, uh, I'm Tamara. Um, I live and I work on uh, Kmitya Stekar, which is a Stekar farm. Stekar, it's a surname. It's, um, it's my partner's surname, so uh, yeah. you can go on. Uh, yeah, I'm um, w- one of the Stekar. I'm the 10th generation who stay like we have documents, papers on this farm. So we... We have a long tradition of winemaking, uh, like my grand-grandfather visited agriculture school in the end of the 19th century. We got bigger production, 100 years now we have, mm. because then also now we are two stackers there. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm growing up, uh, it's my life. Uh, so I start working uh, soon. Helping my parents mm. was a part of the game, like uh, 
picking peaches or cherries or be part of the harvest, uh, these things, yeah. Mm. Uh, take care about the cows. So, so it's 10 generations on the same farm? Yes. Wow. As far as we know, because yeah. um, also the, the a year that we have on the bottle, it's the first written information about uh, Janko's family. So 16... 72 was, wow. was birthday of a sister of my grand 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 Well, baptizing, ah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously the wine, your winemaking has changed over the last 10 generations. I guess in 1672 they were by default making what we today consider low intervention wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they make in that way until uh, my father not take uh, farm because of this uh, uh, progress, you know, industrial and also uh, uh, farming change in the intensive. So starts using fertilizers, more products. Mm then start using uh, uh, pesticides to defend, you know, but that was the first, of first effect. Mm. And everybody could see this. But in long distance, uh, create just uh, some kind of depe um, um, dependence of the pesticides. Yeah. And uh, in the long distance, uh, you, the, the quality goes down. Uh, because now the, the Modern agriculture is was based to pump it water into products because everything we buy by kilo, and so also all the fertilizers uh, they do this that uh, keep water in the products. Mm. So. Not so good. Um, what made you? Because you said your father introduced some use of chemical farming. Yeah. What made you decide not to do that? Oh, I visit farmer school, so was I, I was educated in that way, mm -hmm. but uh, I was not satisfied. I get always a little bit uh, feeling about the nature. I like nature. Uh, I was I always live where we have wonderful landscape, uh, a lot of fruit, a lot of green, a lot of animals. Yeah, I've seen pictures. My friend Anna visited you this yeah. summer, actually. The blonde one with the gap tooth. Ah, yeah. She used to work. Yeah, another friend of yours. <laughs> everybody knows each other. So okay. she used to bar be the bar manager at the Sayas. So uh -huh. we worked together for uh -huh. many years, uh -huh. and she's still a good friend of mine. I saw her yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, I saw pictures from uh, your house. It yeah, looks yeah, very yeah, beautiful. Yeah. They stayed for some days. Yeah. Because you also have a Airbnb sort of thing, so people can visit you. Uh, yeah. We have, um, yeah, we have uh, guest rooms, mm. and uh, this was uh, part of, uh, in a way, uh, development of the of what we do, because uh, at some point when we totally switched into this what we do now. We had to enlarge the cellar. Basically, our cellar is uh, where time ago it uh, used to be a barn. So animals downstairs <laughs> on the ground floor. And there was a, a big place to store hay mm. at the top. So we turned the bottom into uh, the, the ground floor into the cellar. And then there was this that we Empty space. Yeah, decided to use uh, to make uh, rooms. So uh, I come from 
so I studied tourism. I used to work in tourism, mm. and um, um, in a way, yeah, this was a way to keep doing same things, but uh, on my own. So uh, 2009, we this we re uh, we ended the rebuilding. Uh, opened the rooms and uh, I quit my previous job and uh, stayed uh, just on the farm. So at uh, that time also the money, the income with the guests was um, was important. So we were not really forced into making compromises mm -hmm. in the cellar just to be able to survive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it was very welcomed that, uh, yeah, to have uh, a bit of help, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But maybe idea of rooms, okay, the empty space, then we developed this, but was also that the people will come to taste wine. Mm -hmm. They, they, they can have a place to stay, stay yeah. and they don't need to drive or wherever drunk and so on. It's like <laughs> just uh, very uh, practical yeah. reasons. No? Yeah. yeah, nice. Um, so going a bit into your winemaking, um, we touched on so many interesting things on the tastings that we were just in. So uh, I think we can revisit some of those themes so that the listeners at home can hear it as well. So obviously you are mostly known for your skin macerated white wines, mm. which is what you're famous for here in Norway. Uh, but you are not so interested or keen on using the word uh, orange wine. Would you talk a little bit about that that you touched on with the Itzi and the Malvasia in the tasting? Uh, yeah, uh, this discussion is, uh, well, the, 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 the point is that uh, uh, orange, it's a, uh, it's it's means like white rosé or red mm. no that not mean organic uh, but because in the start uh, you know with their, our neighbors who practically was one of the pioneers on the other side of the border just a few kilometers away to me uh, practically slovenian on italian side mm. there was pioneer of the uh, um, the skin content fermentation uh, then comes out the orange, why I'm not against this name, because it's uh, it, it's one of the way how you make wine, or you can, uh, some class. Mm. But uh, many of the conventional producer, they then they make orange, and they say, yeah, we are all almost organic. Mm. And then... Uh, there was a big, uh, big confusion at some point. In our country, if you were talking about orange, automatically it meant uh, natural. They were they were using these two words almost as the same level. Mm. So it helps because it makes a category, but uh, orange, just as a color, it can be misleading because not everything that you macerate comes out orange. Exactly. <laughs> and not everything that's orange, it's macerated. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, it, uh, for us, we have many different varieties that react in a different ways to maceration. With some of them, uh, we, we were tasting some, um, uh, like these indigenous grapes as uh, Yankot and Malvasia, are both uh, aromatic varieties. So here you extract much more the aromatic part, not the tannins. And the wines are quite um, white, mm -hmm. actually, yeah. On the other side, you have uh, maybe we had Pinot Gris with the shorter maceration, but it had this intense 
um, almost ruby color sometimes. Mm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, as we said, we just talk about vinification. So we explain what we do and um, um, do what we say, like, yeah. <laughs> more or less. Yeah. That's the same thing That's, with the natural wine uh, word or terminology. Yeah, for me, it's, it's very important right to to be clear because uh, um, our work was mostly like going back to the root, so reducing all, all, all all the possible like interventions and um, yeah, for me one part of that is also that uh, we are not um, very a fan of uh, making big stories about uh, winemaking or or the techniques or the material or the wood that we use or some um, uh, work in the vineyards. But then we just uh, prefer that the, the wine speaks its story mm. in a way. Because this is the ultimate um, check. <laughs> you know, you can say anything, but then uh, you have to have the correspondence also in the glass. Mm. Yeah. For if sure. these two things doesn't meet, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it make is, sense. It's the true test, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of tests, when you, um, I would like also another thing that we discussed uh, in the tasting to have recorded because I loved how you were explaining when you taste grapes in the vineyard and how that will tell you how you should work with them and yeah. also going into the winery with your use of sulfites or not. Yeah. Would you talk a little bit about that? Yes, it's, uh, you know, with the time you discover something, uh, you know, you, I got some information and so on. Uh, it's p perhaps uh, in the base I not use sulfide, but some year, uh, like because of different reasons, uh, the, the wine have, uh, we, we say, uh, uh, oxidative potential. Mm. And that one, it's very nice to see if you put wine into the glass from the tank or from the barrel and because with the uh, contact with the oxygen start oxidation and mm. that's the result is that you see how change the color also the taste but the first is you so you change and uh, when i discovered this was very simple so in i in base i not make analysis because also analysis uh then uh you, you you follow the analysis, not it's uh, not what is real life. Yeah. You know? uh, so you get too hung up in the numbers and the yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I, I sometimes said that it's like uh, if you're a doctor, if you not have good analysis, uh, anal uh, diagnostic. Yeah. If not not diagnostic. Uh, with analysis, you can see that something is wrong. But mm. if you miss organ, you miss everything. Mm. So if you write diagnose analysis, just confirm that. It's, it's really something wrong mm. in somewhere, you know. Uh, that it's the way. Uh, so um, I, I I I want to develop my taste, my own taste, because it's my taste. Uh, in the end, uh, I always say that uh, not is this good and uh, bad wine in general, but that wine who you like or you not like. Uh, if you, you you say to someone that it's not 
not like you not you not offend no one mm. it's just you have uh, right to express your your feelings what you feel mm. and uh, we are we are different so it's we couldn't uh, have the same uh, taste <laughs> so you mainly make wines that you like yourself yes that. and then uh, was our job to find the people who have more or less the same taste mm. yeah, yeah. Have, have you noticed though that um, Obviously, the last three years, I feel there's been an explosion in the interest of this type of wine, natural wine, and also a wine from Eastern Europe, although technically all you're in Italy. But uh, for most people in Norway, I would say that Italian wine, very, oh, everybody knows Italian wine. But when you're talking about Slovenian, it's like, oh, so weird country. <laughs> but it's, as you were saying in the tasting tomorrow, it's the uh, border is moving back and yeah, forth. So you yeah. have been Italy and then Slovenia, Italy, Slovenia. Well, then, we have um, been even Austria, uh, Austria <laughs> Yugoslavia so like for a certain period. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, were, we were born in Yugoslavia. Our parents were born in Italy. Mm. And our <laughs> grandparents were, were Austrians and our children are Slovenians. But at yeah. some point, it was also one of the French provinces, uh, our region. Well, oh, really? Yeah, yeah together Poland, with yeah, yeah. the... We were Illyrian provinces. Yeah. The truly European. So that's about also the, the French, like international varieties that we have. Mm. They were not like brought, just like... So <laughs> one of the yeah. very interesting things that uh, the elimination of the vineyards, not the elimination, the classification of vineyards, mm. uh, we got uh, older than the French. Really? Yeah, and uh, it was our in Austrian Empire that they was very uh, advantage about this. Mm. So they, they, we get uh, nine classes of the. It's about 170, and the the, the, the start of uh, uh, yeah, 1017 something. First of Napoleon comes to our region. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Slovenia, it's a tiny country. It's very much unknown as a wine producer, but we are part of the Mediterranean basin. So just on the border with Italy, we are the, Slavi, the Slavs that came <laughs> most towards the West. And that's the, yeah. Uh, but the border, as I said, moved, uh, was kept moving back and forth through mm. the history. People just lived, uh, learned to live together, so a lot of mixed marriages. And the border, how was done, it could never be done like in a fair way to have just like Slovenians on one side and Italians on the other. So there's a big uh, Slovenian minority mm. uh, in, in uh, Kolio. So yeah. we're talking about Princic or uh, Radikor. They have all Slovenian surnames, uh, the vine on the so the plant, the grapes have been there much, much before. Mm. But it's uh, also very interesting, maybe for the French people who don't know, that our national atom is a toast. Mm. So really? it's a toast. Slovenian yeah. atom. Yeah. So yeah. For, yeah, yeah. for the friends, for the women, for the mother, mm. for uh, yeah, the toasting. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I also feel this must affect your, because I don't know much about Slovenian food culture, but uh, obviously in another country that has seen a lot of different influences like Georgia, which I know a bit better, that has mm -hmm. profoundly affected their food culture as well. Yeah. So I'm guessing in Slovenia, do you have a lot of different influences? from? Basically, it's a, it's a kind of melting pot. It's a crossroad. Mm. So uh, Slovenia itself has a couple of quite distinct uh, regions also regarding the them. food. 
but our part it's a mixture of the Balkans with the Alps with the sea with the Central European Italian mm. um, kitchen so mm. to make it very very <laughs> simple yeah yeah But going back to my original question, you've been making wine for quite some time, but only the last few years, your style of wines and also Eastern European wines have really become more uh, mainstream, shall we say? People have heard about it. Well, we are totally happy <laughs> about that because um, we started to do this around uh, 2000, 2004, mm. maybe. Uh, so at that time, uh, it was uh, completely a niche thing. So it had even no name in a way. We were just like weird guys making faulty ones, things <laughs> like that. But uh, so we need to go on. We needed to go on explaining again and again what these colors, what these smells, why we do mm. what we do. Do we really want to do this? <laughs> uh, but now in the last, I saw maybe like from uh, 2016 on, more and more people started to understand uh, and even like it. Mm. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of a small trend. But then, um, on the other side, the effect of this is also that you have quite a lot of, well, People quite a lot more, more and more producers, well, more producers that do this just because of the marketing. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and then we have this kind of um, bio-industrial wine, what I call Yeah. So even uh, for me, uh, not to understand me wrong, for me, every step in this direction is very much welcomed. And and yeah, I'm really happy. But um, yeah, because of that also for me, it's important what I was saying before, explain what you do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it definitely comes with its own problems. I was discussing this with Milan as well, actually, about the... Uh, pros and cons of certifying natural wine, yeah. or shall we say yeah. natural wine, because he prefers to, to call it normal wine. Yeah. I also have met vineyards who call it slow wine, because everything is just slow yeah, in this process, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to fast <laughs> wine. But uh, of course, there are so many things that are difficult about certification. But one thing that is good is that it protects the integrity a little bit now that we are seeing yeah. more big uh, houses of that are producing wine that are making yeah. natural range yeah. or yeah. Uh, yeah, which, more fake yeah. natural yeah. wine like you say orange wine that promote themselves to be more natural but in fact they are just trying to monetize the trend yeah they follow the trend you know well, we meet uh, many of them uh, different ones <laughs> also like The producer who have like uh, more than million of bottles and then you, they have 3% of biodynamic. You can exactly. imagine how yeah. they are convinced yeah. <laughs> about what they do. Also, so yeah, this is, yeah, yeah if you um, also, the you, you surely know the regulations about organic wines and so on. So it's a kind of compromise, mm. not really a good one, but still we have some uh, regulations. So, but then you are free to do what you think it's right inside of this, you yeah. know, range. 
So uh, for us, the only thing that we use is sulfates. With organic wines, you are allowed to use uh, many other things. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it depends. For us, that we started in the in the time when we really had to fight for what we are doing. Uh, if we were if we were in any way inclined to make any compromises, we won't be doing now what we do. Mm-hmm. So we just had to stick to our idea. Yeah, I well, as I said, it's many different wines. I, I don't want to judge. I know what I like, so, uh, and that's it. Uh, we are also part of uh, Vinatur Association, mm-hmm. which is an association that uh, makes analysis of the wines of the so, uh, winemakers that are part of. So you you know at least you have one information about the work in the vineyard. Of course, it's too difficult and it costs too much to make analysis about the use of uh, yeast. So if it's spontaneous fermentation, so they don't do it now. Mm-hmm. But at least we have some information and uh, yeah. Are you so, happy with Vinatur? Is that working for you? Well, we've been uh, with them for quite some time. So uh, we started when, uh, was, what was it, 10 years ago? More. More. Mm-hmm. When uh, there was uh, one of the nicest fairs. So it took place in an old villa. Mm-hmm. So Villa Favorita. And it was really, uh, for us, it was very important because we, at uh, that time, we were meeting people other producers with the same ideas and we didn't felt that alone (laughs) anymore so uh, a lot of nice friendships uh, started Mm -hmm. also now uh, the number of the associates increased so uh, the last uh, was um, maybe three weeks ago or about and there were more than 200 producers, and it changed the, the character, but also the times are different, you know. Yeah. It's, um, in a way, as you said, much more relaxed. The sales are going okay, so a lot of people, uh, nice feedback. Um, but I a bit missed that energy yeah. that was, was start, uh, yeah. at the start. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, we were like uh, with the Vinatur. We were first time in Oslo. Mm-hmm. We fought in Porto. So 2013 mm-hmm. was here in the a little bit up where you have this old industrial zone with uh, close okay. to, to river. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, so for 2013. me, it was like uh, yeah. uh, cost me a lot. I have no success because I have no importer. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a try. But uh, what is beautiful in, in the um, this our world of producer, we really uh, have friends all around uh, Europe. Producers, mm. uh, we ex- exchange. Uh, Many different techniques. Uh, also, we, it's no problem to to give the address to one importer somewhere. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, yeah. It's a lot uh, of you um, know that that one who uh, thinking a little bit uh, thinking a little bit deeper. They know that we are all small producer, mm. and if we not stay together in collaboration, uh, we have no uh, future. Mm. And uh, what is also very nice that uh, we meet a lot of wonderful person uh, from all around the world, and this is like one uh, 
bonus uh, of this our job so mm. it's something we couldn't buy how did you find marius or how did marius find you uh i think uh, it was at uh, vinnatur Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then uh, we didn't start working together. Then I think we met In quite Karakai. some years ago, uh, Ro, Berlin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so then it started and we are really happy with the work uh, he does and now also Ed. And um, yeah, yeah. so yeah, we've been now for four days here around the... Mm. No way and um, great experience. Totally. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah, Marius is a good guy. He's of course also been on the podcast because <laughs> all of my friends have been on the podcast. Okay. But he's uh, Marius is sort uh, if you hear this later Marius, yeah, you know. He's he's kind of my wine uncle because he, <laughs> he 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 raised me a bit in Oslo showing me all the uh, the meeting winemakers and teaching yeah. me about yeah. Thing. Yeah. So, okay. Thank you, Marius. Good to know that. Yeah. I have so many questions, but then we're also just talking, which is the best way. But let's see if I can actually get into some of the things I wanted to talk about. But I just love talking to you guys, so the time just goes, which is great. With, with, our, with us, it's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> to, to time... Uh, time flows yeah. when you're having fun. One thing I wanted to discuss, which is something that I'm quite interested in, I've obviously interviewed a lot of biodynamic winemakers and um, a lot of, some certified, some not, and a lot of them have different approach regarding uh, the moon phases. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned in the tasting uh, that you are bottling according to the moon phases. How do you work with this? Well, um, We uh, just to say that um, um, also time ago, Uh, farmers, people always observed moon phases yeah. for different things. Mm. Also for cutting hair, for example. Mm. So, uh, but but for most of the work in the, on the farm, they were also checking the moon, like cutting trees also and so, but they were never talking about themselves as being biodynamic, mm. okay? So the moon was very important. Also, you know, uh, sometimes you make some compromise also with rain mm. because it's raining you couldn't work then sometimes you could make some kind of sick about this but in general we never killing uh, 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 pigs uh, where it was like uh, empty moon uh, we never planting like seeding mm. things uh, uh, transfer wines Uh, so that was pretty logical. Mm. So we not talk about them. So uh, um, you know, biodynamic. Uh, we practice a lot of things of that biodynamic. Uh, I like uh, very much when our colleague uh, is neighbor of the. Uh, it's Richard Stavek. Mm. Uh, he said uh, that uh, every intervention, also uh, biodynamic, uh, its intervention. Yeah. So uh, what we want to uh, we we divide this uh, opinion that uh, we want to uh, develop our wines in the way that they are autonomous, mm. that they could uh, use their uh, um, genetic uh, f you know uh, capacity, and they 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 are born in they know how they could 
survive Coca-Cola could do what mm. they do better than we. Mm. No, we, 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 we could understand them if we uh, uh, observe them and uh, follow them. But uh, if, they, if they stay good, we not need to intervene. Mm. No? If we intervene when something uh, maybe is not optimal or mm. maybe, uh, you know, when we go to doctor. When we have problems, <laughs> another way we could not need this. We don't need to fix something that's not broken. Yeah, yeah. And mm. uh, the ways, uh, you know, the 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 way how we're working. Uh, working, it's uh, less. Uh, you know, you not do what is not necessary. Mm. So uh, it's very rational. How was like one's life? Everything was rational. So uh, you, uh, all, all once everything made by hand. So mm. was they they should observe and thinking about what should do, they do, uh, and they never do what was not necessary because mm. it was heavy and they spend a lot of energy and time. So was they were very rational, and I think that that is the way also of the sustainable and uh, biologic or how we could call this kind of production. So we did not exaggerate with things. Mm. So it's also we economically we not spend money if. If it's not necessary, we not spend time. You know, with the spraying, I have always uh, we spray like a biologic way, and I spray l half or more time less than the neighbor who who have a conventional one. Mm. And my uh, answer to this is like uh, one day spraying means one day in hotel uh, with all family. So what you prefer to spraying or to, <laughs> to take the rest? <laughs> it's the I think the answer we I not need to. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. And then also your previous generations have made you, you a good groundwork with old plants that have deep mm. root systems and so on, mm -hmm. which obviously makes life uh, makes it easier to work this way. Yeah, we have um, we have okay in our region there are no really old old vineyards because the front line of the First World War went just across our area. Mm. So at that time. Um, because of the bombing and also, but they also cut out all the vineyards and orchards because they needed place, place for, for tents, yeah. for soldiers and so on. So uh, the civilians were moved away and uh, when they got back uh, into the villages, uh, there were no vineyards left. So something was replanted after the First World War, but then it was a period of economic crisis. So mm -hmm. most of uh, the vineyards in the region are from the 50s, after 60s after on. The second war, mm. yeah. uh, also ours, like also in the 80s, you planted quite some. Yeah. But uh, Every... yeah, this means old vineyard for us means uh, um, plant that plants that are much more with deep root systems that are much more. Uh, resilient um, and um, in a way more constant so mm. they have uh, an intelligence of their own uh, usually like they have less production because they are not yeah, growing so fast or so strong the grapes are more in a way concentrated in a way mm. so we uh, for our macerated wines we use uh, grapes from the old vineyards mostly which over 20 years names yeah. And with the uh, with the ones that uh, with the grapes from the vineyards that we planted in the last four or five years, we make the um, first wines like easy, for example. Yeah. The, yeah. So those are the new ones that you planted. Uh, 
some of those, yes, sometimes it you... Mm. Some reasoning, some... Uh, oh, you've done some reasoning now. Yeah, Malvasia and some... Uh, yeah, but it's, it's it was quite mixed. Yeah. Mm. Also, what we replanted. <laughs> are you planting? Are you planning to plant anything more? Also, with regards to the increasing extreme weather that we discussed earlier. Uh, this this one is a new vineyard of the uh, Friesling. I plant in the old way. That's mean uh, many times our uh, earth, our soil, it's could change in hundred meters. You have completely different structure. Mm. So sometimes it's very deep uh, earth and uh, humid. And mm. the other side we have like a stony, very dry. So uh, if you plant the same roots there, uh, you miss somewhere. Mm. So in that vineyard, I chose this. The uh, I just copied the old vineyards who my grandfather and my uh, made. So I plant in the different type of roots mm. in different way and we should like uh, graft now in the uh, June, uh, the end of May. Mm. So uh, I, I chose the Riesling. Riesling is not, was more than, in my family we got more than 100 years of this variety but was not very diffused. It was also Austrian influence. We got a great market uh, first of the World World War. Uh, in Austria and also in Opatia, you know, in Croatia, mm. uh, and there was the, the the owner was Austrian. So, in our region, once was just one wine that was white wine, mm. and that white uh, cuvée, who every farmer have a little his own uh, uh, varieties and um, percent percentage, mm. then depend of taste of the farmer and also the market mm. so i think that also market we shouldn't you know to the end to the end we all work for the for drinkers for, for the consumers so uh, and it's nice that we also respect their taste sometimes we we, are, we should not be so uh, uh high that, uh, that nobody touches yeah but I, I just wanted to to say just one thing about the planting of the new vineyards uh, this is just some small plots because we, we have, it's a small family thing. Mm. We have about six and a half uh, hectares of vineyards. And this is basically the size that we can control and work on our own. So for Janko, it's very important to do himself the pruning because you have to have, you have different varieties that need to be pruned in a different yeah. way and you decide much of the growth and the yield that also at that time so he's there with the spraying we are doing the harvest and uh, making the wine and also that i love <laughs> i love working the vineyards so uh, <laughs> bigger vineyards for us so bigger um, uh, so quantity for us would mean uh, that we have to change also our work enlarge the cellar uh, get uh, more uh, people, get people employed, and then uh, you tend uh, just to end up managing the whole thing. So it's it's a very yeah, it's the choices that you do at some point. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know if any of our kids is going to take over. No, they're um, not so interested. Well. 
they don't show it yet. So they 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 grew up on a farm, so they know how to work. They help us. Uh, they help us all the time, uh, but they also want to experience different things, do other studies, and so yeah. Maybe at that years, time, when I get twenty years, I was also interested for many other things, not the farming. Hmm. I finished farming school. I know that wait me. I was own son. I got just one sister who will decide to do the other things. Mm. Uh, and so uh, I got this idea that uh, the wine not escape <laughs> because they have roots. Yeah. And I could return. <laughs> yeah, but then it's also uh, it's difficult feeling that way because uh, we don't want them to um, to get the feeling that they are forced into something because it can be the best job uh, if you like it and the hardest job if you don't uh, yeah don't yeah. enjoy what you do yeah my boyfriend is from a farm as well and obviously we live in Oslo now but when you have children you do think about moving out and Yeah, we discussed how the best thing about growing growing up in a small place is to go out and experience, and then you come back yeah. when you get older. <laughs> and it's very nice. And also now with natural wine being so cool and trendy, maybe they they go and they're like, "Oh, this is this is really cool." I should go. Well, back they, and I make. think they already think about this yeah. <laughs> because they uh, they many times they came uh, they. Um, Uh, came uh, with us to some fairs maybe or met people that we work with and uh, also uh, well one of them went also to other winemakers our friends to help uh, during vin uh, winter uh, work so during COVID mm. <laughs> just to Katarina uh, our daughter she, she yeah, made, uh, he already made her wine yeah. in 17 oh, so amazing. when uh, the first one when uh, she She's was 18 so wine. yeah they they have some interest but they are not that focused uh, just yeah. into Yet. that yeah so maybe at some point if anybody of them decided to decides to stay at home we could think about a new vineyard or things like that but mm. what we did recently was just okay one thing was that we had also fruit trees we had quite a lot it was one um, cherry tree orchard mm. uh, but the problem with the cherries is that they are mature at our place in May when they're for us it's we have to be like 150% in the vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> so at some point we had to decide and Yanko cut out this uh, orchard mm -hmm. and we planted uh, so those vineyards uh, we are where the orchard was. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was just to to make the life a bit simpler. Yeah. Well, if of course sustainable winemaking for the environment also needs to be sustainable for the winemaker because yeah, yeah. if you are not able to make your wines then uh, there will be no more sustainable winemaking so yeah. also from a like you're saying with the customer consumer preferences of course making the wine that you want to make is important but if you are not making money then you won't be able to make the wine that you want to make yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah then you finish it's a dance it's, it's yeah. a dance you have to be in uh, a way uh, yeah selling and Connect. selling and, yeah. and making what you want about the fruit i like uh, you know our landscape was always always mixed with the fruit so mm. now we have some uh, 
uh, trendy farmers who won't copy Tuscany because in Slovenia we are like famous like Slovenian Tuscany. I, I hate this not, uh, <laughs> uh, world, not because Tuscany is not beautiful, but we are Berda, mm. so we have our uh, DNK. And one of these was not that we plant cypresses and the pines and the, the end, but mm. we have the fruit trees. Mm. And I prefer this because it's more close to my uh, heart. And you can, it's very beautiful when they flowering. Mm. Then you have this fruit. And what is nice when you work and you have, uh, you're thirsty or a little bit hungry yeah. and you eat uh, fresh cherries from the tree. Oh. It's, it's not, you know, you couldn't pay this. Mm. And then it's, they're very beautiful old, also in the autumn when you have this nice color of the le mm. uh, leaves. And yeah, and uh, so we, we will plant still some uh, fruit trees also in the middle somewhere. Uh, also, for I like this, mm. I like fruit. Well, we still have quite a lot of yeah, we <laughs> from the cherries uh, to trees mandarins, scattered yeah, around, uh, yeah, and kiwis and plums and apricots and peaches. Wow. So many different uh, figs, um, some olive trees. So we enjoy. It's it's a little bit work, but uh, last time I take this like uh, um, uh, extra, you know. So if it's nice here and I have time, I will pick. The other way, someone could come and pick them, or if the other way, they falling down. You know, mm. it's I'm not depend uh, about this. Um, I think we need to wrap up, but there's one little, and there's so many things I haven't asked you about, but we'll, we'll talk uh, over some wine after the fair. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but the only thing I wanted to ask you before we go, which you also touched upon in the tasting, is that obviously you guys have to make table wine, because your wine doesn't fit in the Slovenian Appalachian system. But, but how, how I know a lot about the French and the Italian systems. How does it work in Slovenia and what is the Rebula supposed to be? And how, <laughs> how does it, can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, it came out with uh, Rebula, yeah, this, mm -hmm. uh, uh, this topic. Um, you know, uh, it's, uh, for me, it's very ridiculous this way because uh, also all, all varieties, what is that uh, primary taste? This taste we should be uh, like uh, base, mm. like uh, when we could, uh, make some kind of uh, uh, confronts, no? And yeah, uh, just this, you know, if you plant in different uh, areas, some some variety change taste. Of How course. you can say that then who is this, the mm -hmm. right? Or Chardonnay from the base, from the village of Chardonnay, or the Chardonnay from the Steiermark in Austria, or maybe from the Spain or from the California. What? Who is the number one mm -hmm. or who is the base? Yeah, uh, for us, uh, you know. uh, living in a traditional wine-growing country meant that there's a big knowledge about how the wine is made, uh, how the wine is supposed to be. But all this knowledge is about conventional wines. And they are based, like the biggest difference that I see, it's how the wine ferments, or it's a spontaneous fermentation, or you add yeast. Mm. So added yeast many times simplifies things. Uniform they give a, a, a precisely um, that... Uh, um, direction for the wines to develop and so people get 
precisely the taste that I used to recognize as Chardonnay. Mm. Okay. With natural wine, with spontaneous fermentation, we were talking about that most of the history of winemaking, wine was made like that. It's a bit more tricky, but uh, it doesn't mean that if uh, it's something uh, that for you is new, automatically it's not right. Okay, so we had problems with uh, with the appellation because uh, uh, besides having to do the analysis, you have to also have the um, like organoleptic commission, <laughs> so mm-hmm. the tasting. So your wine has to pass this boat, and even if the if uh, if uh, the uh, analysis were okay. Um, most of the times, uh, the, the commission, commission like banned uh, these wines, like uh, because they didn't fit what they uh, thought the wine has to be. Mm-hmm. So many times, a uh, big knowledge means also a lot of prejudices, because you compare everything just with the small thing that you know, and if it's any uh, like um, difference that you don't understand, most of the time they say, oh, that's the mistake. <laughs> I okay, think that so the greatest uh, difference is like, uh, you know, in the natural biologic uh, production of food, you, uh, you have uh, natural laws, mm. it's diversity. Mm. And it's completely against uniformation of the these industrial products who should be you have some standards, and sh- they should be in these standards. And you should be able, like, to repeat always uh, the same. May, uh, that that wines have no mistakes mm. in general, but they are porning and they are all the same. They are industrial product. Mm. And I always said that uh, if I need to make, uh, if I'd like to make always the same wine, then I not make wine. I make maybe I don't know. Uh, bricks or pieces of metal who is necessary that you they have yeah. the same uh, like uh, dimension mm. so because of this uh, constant like um, um, fight <laughs> to get uh, to get the paper to to maintain the appellation at some point we just decided that we in a way uh, deliberately um, we declassified de- de- yeah. our wine, but to for us it's important that our clients wine. are satisfied it, yeah. and because yeah. uh, who pay our work, who who uh, also appreciate what we do, mm-hmm. the people who drink this and also they are uh, available to pay uh, this quantity of money for some bottle, not uh, you know to commission is opposite. We pay to them that they give them the license. So then the end is. You pay, them to, you pay them to tell you that your wine that is good. That we don't know yeah. so, yeah, uh, how to make the wine. They are uh, most important. In the end, the clients are always important. Yeah, so I, I was yeah. explaining the, 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 our trauma yeah. <laughs> with uh, wines already almost like sold. And on the other side, we were not able to label them. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. at some, from some point on, we just started to sell them as table wines. So in, in France, they started with a separate category now, like mm. uh, Van de France, yes. instead of uh, Van de Table. 
uh, in our place, uh, it's still uh, very, very going very, very slow. So uh, many times people come uh, from outside in our region expecting to uh, come to some natural wine paradise, let's say, with all the famous produ producers also on the Italian side in Collio. But then the know. reality, it's, um, it's quite sad <laughs> because after all these years, uh, it's still just few of us. Mm. making wines in that way and you go out uh, and want to eat in a restaurant or stop to have a glass uh, of wine in a bar and you are not able to get any of the natural wine. Mm. I'm talking it's quite similar in Slovenia but also in um, Italy uh, in uh, well not Italy Friuli just like Gorizia like that region the rest of Italy it's yeah, doing the, the, okay the, the, no <laughs> yeah. i think the the, the, the you know the, in the cities in the towns uh, the but more is develop uh, this uh, industry uh, the, the the production of uh, wine which is famous and all these are the territory that you have also these the old lobbies, mm. uh, the circles who don't want news. They are pretty conservative in sense that they have a big part of the cake mm. and they don't want to divide to the others. So yeah. we would like um, much more of, uh, of people of Slovenia drinking um, natural wines. <laughs> Do you think it will happen? Anytime soon, or well, yeah, anytime soon. change, but young generations start changing. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, the older, it will happen. You know, we don't know when. The, the older, you know, if you drink uh, 30, 50 years some type of wine, many times it's shock. It's difficult to change because all the time they, the experts they said this is good wine, this is good wine, and was you know the conventional wine, mm -hmm. the wine who I could say very uniformated, and that's mm -hmm. it. Oh, wow, you know, and so. Then you start to shade this and you forgot, you know, and uh, they also have this idea to uniform, to have always the same. It's, uh, but this is not nature, you know, the nature So with uh, younger yeah. generations, uh, hopefully, yes. Yes. They understood yeah. much better. Yeah, we, we, we got uh, a few years ago a uh, referendum of water and then was like, then we see the, um, usually the, 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 the vote, uh, the young not voting so, uh, they're not voting like the oldest generation, but mm. with this referendum, water was a massive uh, uh, um, uh, young voters comes and vote against uh, uh, privatization of our water. water. <laughs> so it's more and more, uh, yeah, especially so young people are very mm -hmm. much aware of the importance of, uh, of, the of protecting the nature. The nature. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that is a very hopeful way to end the podcast, that the new generation will uh, hopefully uh, help the world uh, drink more natural wine and better wine. Well, not just that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's very complex, but we are just a uh, part in mosaic. Uh, the, the, the stone is mosaic, who I think uh, we should returning back to the nature and respect the nature mm. and uh, not just use like uh, and they throw away like it's now very popular you know use and throw and mm. make garbage mm. <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for coming to the podcast and thank, thank you, you so much for coming to thank Oslo <laughs> I can't wait to see you guys tomorrow on the fair and uh, obviously also at the after party. Well, we are much, very much looking forward 
to the fair, okay? <laughs> and the party. <laughs> and the party. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Som alltid, tusen tack till mina fantastiska gäster. Tusen tack till Marius Vabo som har lagat logoen till podcasten och Hans Andreas Låke som har lagat musiken. Har du lust att lära ända mer om naturvin? Om du blir medlem och betalar 30 kronor i månaden så får du tillgång till allt bonusmaterialet. Lär mer på shows.acast.com/lisevinsant.